Good day. Welcome. You are listening to Conversations from the Porch with your host, author, researcher, and intrepid truth teller, Jack Hart. Jack is looking at the forest through the trees somewhere on the Cumberland Plateau. Now, from the porch, here's Jack Hart. Sunny and cold here in, it's not really Crossville, but we're outside, uh, outside of Crossville. We're actually in Monterey, in the woods, you know. Uh, I guess I'll start off with, by, I just want to say something about, I don't know, some of you might be thinking that Trump is going to get you out of this. I, I just don't see it. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even count. I wouldn't count on it at all. After the last elections, you know, I don't forget this stuff started with Trump. This Operation Warp Speed and all the rest of the crap. I, I realize, of course, you know, I, I I myself realize, of course, that they do hate him. So there must be something good about him if they hate him so much. Got to be right. Uh, I I just don't. I don't think he's got the balls, frankly, to get it done. Uh, you know, he's gonna. He's going to waver just like he did the last time. Uh, so he's not your man. Believe me. And, and of course, uh, DeSantis is not your man either. He's, uh, he works for England and the Jews. Uh, so that's all the politics I'm talking about. Like I said, I'm just too disgusted anymore to talk about them. Uh, you know, uh, what uh, we're going to start talking about is, is what you can do about this. Uh, which, at this point, short of uh, living up to your Second Amendment obligation, is uh, not much uh, in the way, you know, it's got, if you want to fight a defensive war, the way you're going to do that is by becoming self-sufficient. Uh, towards that end, we've enlisted the help of a master gardener. And, uh, you know, I know a little bit about, uh, actually, I know a lot about horticulture myself. And uh, as does Phil, you know, Phil's a farmer and I'm a, 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 I'm a landscape designer. For, I got 30 years under my belt doing that. Uh, so uh, what, that we're, that's what we're going to do, like us, maybe self-sufficient uh, cities, self-sufficient communities. I mean, plots of land can be used. Uh, you grow grow food for enough for uh, I mean Crossville's a big town, but they can grow their own food. Uh, you know, it doesn't take that much to grow food for sixty thousand people. Uh, you know, it's 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 not like you know it's you don't need miles and miles of farmland. Well, I guess you do, but you know, it's not it's not unthinkable to be able to do it. It's 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 very doable, and uh, it would fit right in neatly with the whole community. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do as they get up uh, bigger and bigger cities and stuff. Uh, originally, cities were planned like the like the, the uh, so National Socialists had planned for each city to be self-sufficient and be surrounded by outlying farm areas that 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 supplied it. Uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to arrange that for for New York or L.A. Uh, you know, uh, I don't see it happening for them. But maybe those cities will have to just, just be abandoned because it's, I, I, what, what we're seeing now, I, I don't want to keep saying the same thing, but this civilization is it's dying. You're watching it. You're watching it in its death throes. It's in its death throes. 
The, the supply lines have been cut. Uh, they, sooner or later, the food, you know, they're not going to have enough food. The turkey, I hear now, goes three, it's three times more than what you paid for it last year. Goddamn turkey. Phil can walk outside and shoot nine or ten of them right now. You know? I've been looking. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil, take it. Well, you know, the, the thing that I'm seeing, and I've given this a lot of thought um, recently, is that the, the situation we're in, you have to start in the home. Where, where does everything stem from? It stems from that relationship that the parents have with each other and, and with the children. And as you get farther and farther away from that family unit and that family unit taking care of each other, uh, we, we get more and more people that are, are looking for someone, something else to provide that help that um, a family does. Now that being said, you've heard me say before about work local, know your local politics, know what's going on. And the best way to do that is to work as a family and then a community so that everybody is self-sufficient. Yeah, you've got craftsmen that are carpenters. Well, those carpenters will just as soon trade for a bushel of pears as they will for $500. Because they know, one, it's out of the government's eye, and two, it's something they like and they're gonna buy with their money anyway. That's what trade's all about. Um, yeah. Jack touched on community gardens and so on. Um, you know, everybody that has a plot of land, that, that two acres, they can feed a lot of people off of two acres. All these people with their big houses, they're not doing anything with all that land. Well, the people in the city sure could. They can come out and produce for themselves. That's one of those local things. Uh, get to know your neighbors, who produces what, trade with them. And then you're in a position where you, your community is all about the same thing, which is self-sustainment for the community. And then as you get larger and larger scale, you get to this uh, county governments. Well, what's the government going to do for you? And why are you going to give the government money locally? And then you go to the state level and the state um, pushes everything uphill to Washington, D.C., which is an abdication of responsibility. That abdication of responsibility has been going on as long as there's been lazy people. But we're in a situation now where it's even gotten to the point where the government is trying to destroy people's ability to be self-sustaining. You know, with Agenda 21, which was years ago, back in the late 90s, um, they started talking about taking over all the water supplies and that the state owned the water that came out of the clouds in the form of rain. So if you had a ditch on your property, it belonged to the federal government. If you had a rain barrel, you had to get that approved by the local government before you can use that water in your rain barrel or even hook it up or you'd be in violation. Um, 
welfare systems. It makes more sense for a woman to have four babies and get money for those four babies than her to be married. Um, the government's behind that. They're most definitely behind that because they don't want family units working together to have a solid foundation. They don't want two parents in a home giving the, the moral and value education that is necessary for people to live a life that is productive for themselves. Uh, there's a lot going on uh, that we, many of us, have seen and, and we, we keep track of. And, and that's one of the biggest ones. And that's why today we uh, introduced, well, let me take a step back. That, that's why the, the people, uh, the majority of people, are so dependent at this point on, on government agencies and dependent upon um, big corporations because they haven't, to get to the bottom line, they don't have a relationship, one, with their neighbors, and in a lot of cases, they don't have a relationship with their spouse or their children. And then, and then we come to the, the uh, issues of, if you don't have those kinds of relationships, how can you have a relationship with a creator or something that is outside of yourself that you can't see? Well, you can't see the seeds alive, and when you put the seed in the ground, you create something, and you create a relationship with a plant. Um, if you don't have that skill and those abilities, then how can you have a relationship with something that's so much greater and so much wider than this human meat body? Um, so. And, and on that note, we brought in a master gardener today, somebody who's very skilled um, to talk with us. And uh, I believe that we're uh, about set up to, to go to that interview. Um, and on that note, we will uh, hit the transition buttons on the magic of computers and we'll be talking to our master gardener friend. Okay, so. <coughs> That's got that. I don't have to say anything else? Yeah. That's the intro. Um, Want me to do an end? Yeah, we're going to do it. You can say anything you want, brother. But I want to elaborate on your point. Well. That's the way I grew up. I mean, first I was a fisherman and I was out every day with my. I know, but I'm saying every day with my father. I had a very strong bond with my father because of that. And, and then that, that, that was no way to make a living. They, they, they destroyed that. And that goes back to the government. It was destroying the food supply since the 70s. We didn't just, just, we're just realizing it now. I went to landscaping with my mother. I mean, there's trees all over Long Island I can go. I said, I planted this 30 years ago, 40 years ago. See it now, it's a giant tree, pin oak. Whatever. Well, I, I know, you know, even though we want to do an intro and, and get into this other thing, um, 
we're in a situation where people need to to figure out what to do um, and that that's really the the crux of the matter right now is we most people have no clue what to do they need to figure out how to feed themselves first of all you know food doesn't come from a supermarket and that's exactly right food does not come from a supermarket and that being said we need to get on to our interview with our master gardener and with that we'll make that switch over and get that started and uh, see you on the other side we think this topic will be of interest to the people uh, all people especially those that are looking for ways to help themselves eat better and survive the times and, and live a healthy life in doing so and so in continuing that thought uh, today we have a master gardener with us her name's Debbie she's been re recognized as a master gardener by the University of Tennessee for 11 years uh, and I'll let her uh, discuss the things that she's done along the way and, and we'll talk about some things that folks can do. Um, good morning, Debbie. Good morning. Let's start with what drew you to gardening. Well, I've always been in gardens. Um, as a child, I spent my time in both my grandparents' gardens. They had large families, one with 11 children, one with six. And so both the grandparents grew the, for their families. And whenever um, us kids visited, we were with them out in the gardens. And um, I just thought it was fascinating watching grandpa put seeds in the ground. And then they grew and it produced food. And it seemed like magic to me. So that's something I thought I wanted to do. <coughs> And so, um, tell us a little bit about your gardens. What type of gardens do you have? Um, well, there's vegetable gardens, um, flower gardens, fruit, and herbs. And there's also a, a small orchard. And then on the property, which um, I didn't plant the trees, we have nut trees as well. So you've got a means by which to uh, provide food, healing, um, nuts for animals as well as yourselves. Uh, there's a lot of things going on there, it sounds like. There is, yes. And what, what kind of benefits do you get besides the, the uh, feeding yourself um, from your gardening? Well, as you mentioned, other than feeding, um, it's not just feeding during the grow season. Um, I grow enough out here to be able to put up for the winter months. Um, benefits are when you can't find something in the grocery store, it's here. Um, the food's healthier. I think it tastes better. The phys physical activity and exercise, fresh air, um, just therapy actually it's uh, relaxing, calming get to be one with the earth put my hands in the dirt there's just a lot of a lot of benefits with 
producing and being out in nature and excellent excellent um, how big a garden do you have to produce food um, there is 17 18 19 raised beds and um, then there's a small in-ground plot and that's just for the um, small amount of fruits and vegetables and then as I said there was an orchard out on the front of the property so I don't know 60 by 60 80 by 80 somewhere in that area so less than a thousand square feet probably total yeah under gardens yes and it produces quite a lot of food if it's planted correctly when when it comes to gardening, how how does somebody get started um, in growing food for themselves? Yeah. Well, the first place to start is to know your grow zone, um, because each section of the United States has a different zone, and that um, determines when to plant and what you can plant. Then there is your frost dates, your first frost, your last frost. So that helps you determine when to put things in the ground. Um, soil pH, and it should be tested to make sure that you're starting out in the right spot for the plant as far as what nutrients it needs. Um, and if you're a first time gardener, start out small. Don't overwhelm yourself. Make a plan of what you or your family like to eat and um, start there. What, what kind of, uh, what kind of um, seeds should, should somebody be looking at? If they, if they wanted to you know, have a garden this year and a garden next year, what kind of seeds or plants should they start with? That are, that are going to be easy for people? Things like green beans or... Well, yes, you can start with beans. They're very easy. They pretty much do their own thing um, when they go in the ground, if they're planted at the right time. Radishes, lettuce, spinach. Um, yes, chard is, is good if people like Swiss chard. Not everybody does. Right. Um, in the early spring and fall, things like cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, you can buy the plants with those. Um, otherwise, you've got to back up several um, weeks to months to get your seed started. So there are different ways you can do this. Um, in, in the spring, I'll start with seeds that, with things that are fast growing, like radishes are around 30 days. And we love radishes. And um, I buy the plants for the cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower. Lettuce and spinach is an easy start. So there are different ways you can go about this. You can start with seeds and get them in, and they'll go easily for you and then if you don't want to do the seed starts on your own which is time consuming and it takes some attention 
you can go purchase your plants already started and get those going. And so what are the factors, you know, as far as if someone has a, a balcony or a patio versus uh, a thousand square feet to put a garden in, what are some of the factors they'll need to look at? Oh, it's going to be their, uh, well, their sunlight for one, because plants have different uh, requirements as far as how long they get sunlight. Um, if they're going to do container gardening, which if they have a balcony or patio, they're going to have to do, is to um, look containers that are going to hold the plant at full growth, not at when they just plant it or put in the seeds, because if they do that, then they're going to be continuously transplanting, which does put a stress on the plant. Um, so that's a good place to start with container gardens, and balconies, or patios. Um, but there is, a, there is a lot of work with container gardens. Um, there needs to be proper drainage. You need to look whether your container is porous or not. If it's more porous, the uh, sun and the wind is going to dry your container out more quickly. And the nutrients are going to be depleted faster. So attention's going to have to be paid to watering. Attention's going to have to be paid to nutrients. And then as the seasons change, if you find your plant is still requiring a certain amount of sunlight, but the sun has moved, then that plant's going to have to move. So you have to be aware of the, the amount of weight. Right. And there are ways to lighten your container. Um, I find it's easier to put a little um, tray under it with wheels or something so it moves easier, some trolley. Way to, some way to move it around. Yes. Um, and, and I know from the past that you've had gardens on, the, on a patio in, in Denver, Colorado. And we're able to produce when all of your neighbors were looking at you saying you can't ever grow here. Yeah, that's what they said. Over six thousand feet, you can't grow, but I did it. And and so, um, what is it you like about raised beds or container gardening versus gardening in the ground? Well, the first couple of years out here, we did in ground gardening, and I enjoyed it. What I didn't enjoy was the ten to sixteen hours a week of weeding, which was constant. And then there was the issue of soil erosion if we got heavy rains because there'd be a washout and tunnels going through. So I'd lose part of the plants. And so raised beds just seemed an easier option because there's a lot less weeding. You can control the environment, be it nutrients or water. Um, weeding is maybe five minutes a bed and I can put uh, what I'm growing together. So for example, I've got beans in one section. Um, I can put tomatoes in another section and if I want a companion plant, I can put my basil in with it. Spinach and lettuce can be grown together. So you get a lot of 
produce in a smaller compacted space in an environment that you have more control over and less work. What are some of the drawbacks to that kind of gardening? Uh, the water and the nutrients. <laughs> well, there is that. Um, in really hot summers, the beds will dry out faster um, and the nutrients in the soil are depleted. So again, it's attention you have to pay to go out and, and test your soil and know the plant's requirements for water and maintain the level that it needs, but also to, um, about every six weeks, every four to six weeks, I'll add just a little bit more um, fertilizer into the soil. Um, and it's easier to control your fertilization. Um, a lot of people like to over-fertilize and overwater their plants. Um, actually, you know, once you put a plant in, if your bed's prepared right, you won't need to fertilize for a couple of months. But when you do, it's just a light sprinkling, like salt, um, in a little groove next to the plant. It's just very little. Too much so, uh, fertilization is going to increase the pH of your soil which takes it out of the realm of what the plant needs. And it can either stop flowering and just keep growing leaves or too much can burn the fruit, like say if it's a tomato. Um, but you have better control of that. Ultimately, I guess you, you get a sense of uh, the plant being alive and, and seeing its life and, and seeing it grow. And, and so you do know where the, it might be lacking because it's gonna tell you in, in its way, either the leaves start dying or they start wilting, those kinds of things. Yes. And, and I guess it um, brings you closer to, closer to God. Being close like that, um, you're uh, you're able to, to almost communicate with those plants. You definitely do because they tell you what they need or don't need. Um, it, it's interesting because um, certain plants require more nutrients or water than others. Peppers and tomatoes are a good example. I'll have those in the garden the same time that I have you know, spinach and lettuce and beans and everything else that we plant out here. Tomatoes and peppers like hot, dry, whereas other plants require more water um, to keep them cooler. Mm -hmm. And so if you watch a tomato plant, it's really interesting. Um, it needs water when its leaves start drooping. But it also droops if you give it too much water. So it, you have to kind of educate yourself on the needs of each plant. Um, and the way I test it is, you know, I go out and check the garden daily. And I'll put my finger down in the soil next to the plant um, about two inches down where the roots should be. If it's wet, I don't water it. 
If it's damp, I don't water if it, water it. If it is bone dry and the soil is hot, I'll give it water, but you can look at the plants and you'll start knowing the low, lower ones are just kind of giving you a will and they're going, I'm thirsty. Um, so it, it, it is communication with your plant and that's, watching it and that's knowing very it. very cool. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> um, you've got a lot of flower beds around uh, along the driveway in front of the houses and behind the house in the courtyard and so on. Um, and a lot of those are perennials and, and herbs and medicinal plants. Would you tell us uh, a little bit about why perennials and why herbs? Mm, well, basically perennials is because I don't want to have to keep planting different flowers or new flowers every year. It just, it gets costly. Um, perennials, they grow every year and they spread. They can be split and shared with your friends or they can be split and you can produce a new garden. That's one of the reasons, because once you do the cost up front, you're not really having to pay the next year and the next year and the next year. And I'm kind of money conscious. Um, the other reason is all my perennials provide a benefit in some way. They're um, butterfly, butterfly friendly bee-friendly, and medicinal. Um, we have an apiary out here, so this is food for the bees. And the I love watching the butterflies out here when it's season for them. But also, as far as medicine goes, I don't really take medicine, um, but I don't like the chemicals that are produced in medicine today. So if there is a natural way to make my own tinctures or salves or teas. I have the ability to do that just by going out and getting it from one of the plants that are out here. And that includes the weeds that are in the yard, the plantain and the um, dandelions and the burdock and things like that. And the chicory and everything else out there. Mm -hmm. um, so where do you f recommend that people would go to uh, get more information, get help, get started with uh, gardening and, and providing medicinal plants and, and food for themselves to see those benefits? Well, I guess the first place to start <coughs> is knowing you want to do this and making a plan. One, making your plan small so you'll take care of it. Always have it close to the house because it's if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Um, to get help with this, there are a lot of resources. Um, every county in the United States has master gardeners, um, and they are educated through the county extension office. And majority of counties in the U.S. have an extension office. Um, so they can start there. Those extension offices, not to interrupt you, but those extension offices are run by the state universities, correct? The, um, uh, I don't know if they're actually run, but we're associated with them. We work with them. Right. 
but the master the professors and right the master gardeners are separate from where the the um, sponsorship I guess comes we're, we're from. separate from the university um, our training comes and is put together by the extension agent and now in conjunction with the university and um, they're very helpful because we're trained in the county and or zone that we live in. So, for example, somebody in Florida is going to have a different zone. They're going to have um, different plants, although fruits and vegetables and things like that. Well, not fruits necessarily, but vegetables are going to be the same. But they go in at different times. And your extension agent and or master gardeners are going to give you the path um, that's best for your zone. And then, you know, here in Tennessee, I was taught based on my zone. Um, so those are two places to start. There's always the internet, um, but word of advice, don't use, you know, grandma's home remedy for growing stuff. Actually look at EDU sites or org sites that specialize in this because they're giving you information that is educational, that is proven. So that gives you a step up in success. Although I, I would make a point here that you also have to uh, be aware of, of what you have available uh, and what you, your feelings are, almost feelings toward the planet and so on. Um, some extension agents will push every chemical that's out there that's, that's proven to be detrimental. So the information has to be parsed a little bit, I guess, based upon what somebody's thinking is. It and, does, and, and, and what a person actually wants to put in their garden, and by that I mean, you know, what pesticide or whatever they want to use. Um, out here, there's only one thing I use. And it's been around forever, and I have people tell me it's not great, but I only use Seven Dust. And very, very, very sparingly, I don't use anything else other than a fungicide during uh, humid weather, which is like putting a raincoat on your plant just to protect it from airborne stuff. That's the only two things I use out here. Otherwise, you know, I let nature take its course, or I'll go out and pull it by hand, or whatever um but what i do use is very sparing big green caterpillars oh. <laughs> pull them off my hand <laughs> um now you manage the the ask the master gardener desk which is a um, place where people can come and ask questions from somebody local who has local experience um tell us a little bit about that well, the um, Master Gardener Desk, Ask the Master Gardener Desk, was set up in our community. Um, one, because Master Gardeners, once we're trained, um, our second purpose is to educate. And it's to educate uh, the local folks and homeowners on best growing practices for the area. And so... They can come in and ask questions about anything, 
and we will research it and answer their question for them and um, actually print out um, you know the material that we have to um, help them follow the steps for example um, pruning trees some people will just go in and hack a tree because you can prune it and whatever there are proper pruning practices for shrubs, for fruit trees, for um, even your vegetables. Tomatoes is one thing that should be pruned. We have um, material that explains how to do it, why you do it, and it, and it shows pictures how to do it. So this is just another step for the homeowner to have success in what they're doing and then the master gardeners are providing the service that we're supposed to serve which is educating the community you do a lot of you do a lot of other stuff as well it seems uh, you know the master gardeners are involved in the, the local community in a, in a lot of ways and I commend you for that and I commend the organization for that um, I know that Every season, there's something going on in the community where uh, the community or the, the public um, comes to help, uh, and I think that's an amazing thing. Um, getting back to the Master Gardener desk, what do you see as, as somebody's biggest mistake? Something you see quite often. Well, it, that depends on the season, and um, actually the individual homeowner, I mean, in the, uh, <coughs> in the spring, most of the questions it, um, are based on they're planting their vegetables, and um, the biggest mistake is that they don't plan. They just, okay, the stores have it on sale, let's go buy the plants and stick it in the ground or throw it in a container. There's actually some education that needs to be done to get started. I mean, it's great to have a container and throw a vegetable plant in it. Okay, it's going to do well for a while. But then they come in and go, okay, there's a fungus or there's a bug or there's issues with the plant dying and so they haven't gone through and looked at okay what are the steps I need to take if I'm going to plant in a container you know did they throw three squash plant in a five gallon bucket or did they put one plant in a five gallon bucket and did they put holes in the five gallon bucket so it could drain or in two handfuls of um uh, fertilizer right and burn the thing up so right. there, there's a lot of different things there I guess um, and it only takes it only takes a few minutes to educate yourself on on you know how to start it and how to take care of it and then how to harvest it at the end Wow um, you've shared a lot of information today and, and I'm seeing uh, quite a bit of of knowledge and, and passion on your part. Um, 
Is, is there something that we haven't touched on that, that you think that um, you'd like to share with the folks that are going to be listening here? I guess basically if this is something that they want to start doing, the best advice I can give is start small. Make a plan. Keep it close to the house so if it is in front of you, you're going to take care of it. Um, educate yourself as best you can on what you're going to do. And don't beat yourself up if the first go isn't successful. Um, look at what might have been missed in the process or gone wrong and then try again. Um, remember that it's you and the plant and Mother Nature and she's fickle. Um, she really is. Um, and, and have fun. I mean, this is it. It's good therapy, one. Um, it's fun. And you can make it fun with your children, too. You know, kind of involve them in it if you have children at home. Go out and plant sunflowers. Um, if you don't have a ground place to put it in, then get five five-gallon buckets, put them in a circle, put one sunflower in each one, and when they grow up, tie the top together and you've made your child a fort. Um, gardening can be fun. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Um, so I, I really want to thank you for taking the time to do this with us today. Um, I, I could go on with many, many more questions. Um, you know, using the medicinal herbs, uh, oils. I know you use essential oils and, and you all make essential oils. So there's a lot of different things to, to go into. With regard to the state of the world and, and some of the things that Jack and I will be talking about and have talked about, um, what are your thoughts with regard to um, the food supply and, and supply lines and facilities burning and exploding and killing millions and millions of chickens and hogs and turkeys. and What are your thoughts on all that? My thoughts are it's planned. <coughs> um, it concerns me. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm just glad that I have the... Um, Opportunity and availability to take care of our needs here and our neighbors' needs around us. I focus on the um, people around us, the local community, and what I can do here to not be so affected by what's going on in the outside world. Um, I figure that's the best place for me to start. One last question, and this might give somebody some incentive to go, go out and start doing this. How much do you think you save a year in grocery costs? When I started doing this 12 years ago, um, it was between um, twelve dollars and $1,500 that I was saving a year. <laughs> Um, through your growing and canning. Through the growing and the canning and all of that, right. Now, 
Um, I'm estimating probably up around $3,000 a year. I'm saving in grocery cost. And you're, and you're keeping track of this every year when you when you harvest and can. Uh, yes, because I, I keep track of everything I buy during the week. And if I can go and not spend, you know, 40, 50 bucks on fresh veg because it's coming straight out of my garden, I know that week I've saved that, saved that much money. Excellent, excellent. Well, we certainly thank you for being here, Deb. And uh, we'd love to have you back. You're welcome anytime we're having a conversation to uh, bring your unique take on, on things. And uh, it, I'm sure that we'll have some comments. And, and for those folks that are uh, you know, listening and, and have some thoughts or comments, you're more than welcome to uh, post a comment. Uh, Debbie will be um, up on the board and you know she will be answering some questions with a reason you know as far as time frame something that's posted two weeks from now she might not post um, but uh, we certainly thank her for being here and and uh, Jack and I'll carry on our conversation from here but thanks again Debbie thank you that about covers the interview with our master gardener Debbie and, and we thank her again and uh, we're about to get back into our rant that uh, covers this and many other things but this week we hope you enjoyed the uh, um, conversation with master gardener and we gave you some food for thought in ways and directions that can get you started the uh, government and those who really have no souls and are tied to money are the ones that are, are going to lose as the decline continues. If the government goes to hell in a handbasket, the supply chains are broken, ultimately you got a shitload of people that are going to starve. Even the people that are so-called preppers, they're going to starve because they're not prepared. Uh, you know, I've looked at it six ways from Sunday, whether it be uh, insurrection, civil war, nuclear, comets, aliens, you name it, every civilization dies. And you had it right in the beginning when you said you, we're seeing a civilization in our death throes. Well, we're almost to the point where it's, um, whether short term or long term, it's death throes because they've destroyed the motility of male sperm. They've destroyed with their injections uh, women's ability to have children. They, they're seeing huge increases in miscarriages and everything else. And so if your birth rate's down below about 1.9, actually if it's below 2, um, you have a negative growth rate in the, in the human it's being born. That right there is cause for concern. Phil brought up an attachment to the land or attachment to, I had an attachment to the sea and an attachment to the land. Uh, 
I, 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 I'm one of those people, I, I'm not sorry for anything I did. Uh, you know, uh, the things I did were according to God's law. I, you know, I produced something every day. I planted trees. I caught fish. We used to feed the whole neighborhood, man. My father would stay out on that dock for three hours filleting. Sometimes we caught 150 bluefish. He'd fillet every one of them. Then we'd go around the neighborhood and hand out fillets of bluefish to everybody. Uh, you know, that, that, that's, that's uh, everything I ever did in my life was, was, was something that, everybody should be doing that I was producing all my life. Uh, not pushing paper around in circles. Like Phil was talking about civilization collapsing and I started it and then people are gonna die. Well, you know who's gonna die? You know who's gonna die is those people who made their livings pushing paper around and living in mansions and sucking that life out of everybody else. Uh, the ones of you that still got an attachment to the land or to the sea and uh, can figure out how to harvest your own food and stuff, you'll be fine. Just start paying attention to that. Uh, never mind. First of all, take those cell phones away from your kids. Teach them how to hunt. Teach them how to fish. Teach them how to garden. Teach them how to farm. Right, I said the other day, take a baseball bat to that TV set. Take a baseball. I took mine, I chucked it out off the front porch. But that was because the Yankees were losing. But that was the last TV I, was, I had ever bought, that one. Then my daughter gave me one of the new ones. But I had intended never to watch TV again anyway. Uh, I haven't now in years. But... Uh, Forget all that stuff. Forget all this electronic stuff. Like these guys are saying, like Loki and Mike. Uh, there's electricity is, is that's the devil comes through in electricity. That's why you think the Amish are crazy. That's why they have no electricity. You know that. That's why the Jews are not allowed to use electric appliances on, on Saturdays, on the day of their Sabbath. The electricity is it's done the world no good man uh, and all the things that have come out of it that they're talking about technology in silicon valley i told you go to walmart's and you tell me what it's done the kids bumping at the poles with their cell phones 50 60 pounds overweight uh, yeah. come on come on your lifespan is now decreased by more than two years if you're a man in america uh, how long, how long is it going to take you to realize that this, this stuff has been the poison apple? It's been the poison apple in the Garden of Eden. Uh, learn, learn to appreciate the garden, never mind the poison apple. Go ahead. Well, you mentioned early on in that little segment that uh, attachment to the woods or attachment to the sea. Um, and you can go even closer to that, um, your body is going to tell you what it, it needs as fuel by what you crave. There are many things out there today that interact, now I'm going to get a little metaphysical here, but we've talked many, many times about uh, frequencies and resonances. Well, if your body needs something, it's going to give you a signal that it needs something with a resonance close to that. If you're having a craving for carrots, then it's not the carrot that you need, it's that resonant frequency to bring frequencies within your system back in line to where you, your system thinks and, and knows it needs to be. Now, one thing I want to bring up is, is the, 
they're very good, the infamous they, at producing things like sugar and oils and so on as substitutes for the true frequency. The resonant frequencies are different. But that's my rabbit trail there. Going back to the woods and the sea and the desire for those, those particular spaces have resonant frequencies that because we are physically a part of this planet, those spaces we resonate with very easily. Uh, I can go to a city and, and get within 100 miles of the city and I can begin to feel the, the resonant frequencies of all the electronics in those cities. What does that do to me? And what does that do to people I know? They immediately start feeling tense, anxious, angry. All of those things are related to that generation of electron movement by electrical energy. And a lot of that has to do with the frequency at which the United States electrical system works. 60 hertz, which is the cycle of the sine wave, 60 hertz is very detrimental to human health and plant health versus the Europeans, which are at 50 hertz. It's, it's an electronics thing, an electrical thing, but that cycle, when you get to individual frequencies and their effects on the body, that that, that we have in the United States is detrimental to health and people become addicted to it and they become addicted to the the flashing of the lights on a computer screen that is a false resonance but we're built so that when something resonates we start to resonate with it better to be resonating with the sea and the trees and know that you're a part of this creation as opposed to something false which is going to steer you in the wrong way um, that's my notes on that. I waxed kind of uh, a little bit out there in metaphysical world. Probably need to wrap it up. We're getting pretty darn close. Uh, yeah. Well, I pretty much said everything I have to say. Uh, uh, you know, for this this week. Uh, like I said, I don't want to talk about politics anymore. I really don't. Yeah, we're gonna start going somewhere else. Yeah. What people can do at their house. Well, I'm already into the occult on the. You know. Oh, by the way. I got to tell you, people, keep sharing these these on the porches. You know, Veterans Today is bragging that they got 4,000 uh, downloads. We're, we're growing on 9,000. We're going on 9,000, and, and it's mostly from these on the porches. Uh, because most, well, my podcasts are all closed. They're patrons only, so there's only a couple of them that are open. So... Uh, these, 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 these are doing really well, these on the porches. Uh, keep sharing them around. Uh, and uh, this is really, you know, let us go more into this gardening stuff. Uh, you know, we'll do a little cult. Uh, you know, but I like, I, I like to get you people straight on the food supply. Uh, if you ain't providing it for yourself, you're going to be in a world of hurt. That's why I want to get, you know, we need to get this out there, man. Uh, and you need to tell your friends. And you, you, every community has master gardeners that will be glad to assist you with this, too. Uh, 
you, you, you go down to your, uh, the, you know, the, the, there's colleges that specialize in this kind of stuff. Uh, find out who they are. Like I, I know on Long Island, it was a Farmingdale College, it was the Agricultural College for New York State, SUNY. Uh, but find out where they are and start working with them. Start, start making these communal gardens and stuff because once they turn off the food supply, like, like, like Bill said, you know, this you don't need hundreds of miles to feed people, you know? A few, a few fertile acres can feed thousands of people. It's unbelievable. Uh, that's the way they do it out here, at least. Uh, you know, nobody's going to starve out here. Uh, you need to learn. You need to learn from them, uh, and that's 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 about my synopsis for the week. And where we're headed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to wrap it up and uh, get ourselves moving on with the rest of our day. Um, we thank you for listening. We like to have your feedback. We also ask that you as Jack said, share this around, share uh, our podcast, share the, the uh, information that we're providing in all the... 500 downloads already, man. And that's, that's pretty spectacular considering... Really? ...the number of, of subscribers that we have. Um, it seems that our listeners like it, and we need, we need more because we have in our hearts... Uh, the saving of those who have a soul. Um, there's many who don't, and it's obvious they don't, and I could care less about saving them. But there are a lot of good people in this world that don't deserve anything that they're getting. And until we help them in whatever way is necessary by having a very eclectic um, offering, well, anyway, like and share. Product. Product. We're giving them eclectic yep. products here. We look forward to the comments and enjoy the, and we hope you enjoyed, the uh, conversation with our master gardener. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's Conversations from the Porch. To view and listen to Jack's work, subscribe at jackhart.substack.com. We hope you found today's conversation interesting and informative. Join us next time for Jack Hart's Conversations from the Porch.